Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, well, I guess we got to talk about this Zion Lee. Whoa, no, hell no, I'm not touching that. Uh, I guess we'll talk about point guards and one specific point guard who might kind of check an important box for LeBron. So LeBron and, and Kyrie Wright apparently texting back and forth. And, uh, you know, that was enough of a story to fill a day's worth of content. So, <laughs> so uh, shout to those guys for, for helping us out at this kind of weird stage of the season where from a Lakers perspective, we're just kind of waiting for everything to play out so that we could start really kind of focusing on, on the off season that could be. And then, uh, you know, yesterday we get another little tidbit of content as the Phoenix Suns are apparently looking at their future with Chris Paul and boy, what is, was it a, a, a weird day of news in the way that it was reported and the way that it was leaked and stuff. So I guess we got to talk about like the actual news itself and then kind of get into the Lakers side of this um, after that. So the first tweet that we got was from Chris Haynes of uh, Yahoo Sports and Turner Sports and stuff where he sends out that essentially the Phoenix Suns have decided to waive Chris Paul. That was it. And, uh, you know, obviously everybody's kind of mind start racing. And, and for me, I immediately jumped to at one point earlier this off season, there were actually odds and they, I, I, they aren't on the, the website that I use anymore, but at one point there were odds on Chris Paul's next team. And, uh, the Lakers as they usually are, were the odds on favorite for like landing Chris Paul. But this one, like that one made some sense, right? It was, I think it was like plus 300 that the Lakers would uh, employ Chris Paul and they would be their next, the next team to be able to do that if it wasn't going to be the Phoenix Suns. And, you know, it made sense because it looked like Phoenix was getting ready to trade Chris Paul and then Paul would be waived and, at that stage would be able to, to pick his team and um, given his relationship with LeBron James and uh, you know, his affinity for, for LA and, and the proximity to Phoenix, right where his family lives currently. I thought that like the Lakers made a lot of sense there, right? I bet it. Um, And, you know, now we fast forward to yesterday's news where, Chris Haynes says that uh, Chris Paul is going to be waived. And that, that struck me as weird because that is like usually in the in the NFL, what normally plays out like the, the Vikings are going through this right now with Dalvin Cook, where they're playing chicken, where they're trying to trade him. And if they aren't able to trade him, they are going to cut him. And, you know, usually they that that team doesn't wind up trading him because teams are like, well, why would we trade anything for him? He is about to be cut, and we can get him for for no additional assets beyond just the money. Uh, and and so basketball though is different, right? Where certainly a player of like Paul's stature would normally get traded first. Like Phoenix would see what it could get from, uh, you know, Chris Paul. He has a a partially guaranteed contract next year. 
uh, some team that like wants to cut costs, I would think would, and, and has like a, a contract that they aren't like thrilled with, but like on still a fairly productive player, I would think that like Phoenix would trade Chris Paul and then have him bought out unless Paul went to Phoenix and said, Hey, I know how this is going. We all know how this is ending. Can you just wave me here or buy me out or whatever so that I can have my pick of places that I want to go to like right at the start of free agency. And um, so that was the initial Haynes report. And that was my response to it. And again, I immediately jumped to, okay, yeah, those odds back then made a lot of sense. And, you know, looks like this might play out in a very, you know, kind of logical way. And then, you know, half hour or so goes by and Shams Karania says, well, you know, Chris Paul and the Suns are talking about this, right? Uh, no decision on whether or not they're going to waive him is going to, has been made. And, you know, there are, are, there are options here. Either Chris Paul is going to be waived uh, just outright or he is going to be, you know, stretched and waived that would um, give Phoenix a little bit more financial flexibility in this upcoming season, right? And, like, yeah, that makes a little bit more sense, but I would have thought that, again, there would be a few more avenues that they would be heading down involving potentially trading Chris Paul. Well, that's where Woj steps in, right? Woj says, well, everything is on the table as it pertains to Chris Paul, they're looking for, for trade returns, and if not a trade, then it doesn't make sense to trade him, and if it does, then this is what that would look like. And it was funny because, like, from from where I'm sitting, it, it, it honestly came across as, like, Chris Paul's, and, and I'm, not, I, I'm not using, uh, you know, emotional, you know, emotion here as a uh as a knock right it just felt like you know chris paul initially and emotionally texts chris haynes these fuckers are waving me and then haynes runs with the report right just like we saw haynes run with the report that said that dallas was going to be uh or did try to trade for lebron last year we're considering trading for lebron last year when LeBron wasn't eligible to be traded, right? So this would then be two instances of, of Haynes running with stuff that, um, you know, maybe get <laughs> uh, a second source. I don't know. But anyway, so so uh, it, it, that was like the initial like FU response that, that um, Haynes tweeted out after Chris Paul kind of hops on the horn and, and reaches out and says, hey, this is what's going on. F these guys. Fuck these people. And then um, Shams's report was, yeah, I'm still pissed, but like technically there's this other option. And then finally, when Woj tweets out his story, um, and I would imagine there was more in Woj's story involving, you know, the, the Suns management and, and, and maybe cooler heads have prevailed at that point. And that's where you get like a fuller example or, or version of the story. And it was still funny to, to, to watch it like play out in uh, in real time. And and it is in its own indirect way, a pretty interesting look at the way that uh, news breaking 
works in the NBA or in professional sports, but that's like a, that's a conversation for a different pod. Uh, for example, Miriam uh, Swanson and I talked about that on today's lounge, which if you haven't listened to that, you are going to want to listen to that one. It was a really good one. Um, but yeah, I, it was just, it was funny to watch that play out the way that it did. And Woj's retelling or, or version of the story made the most sense, right? Um, the Suns, it, it makes sense that the Suns would start with trade stuff and then be working from there. Um, and he also mentioned that the Suns are like, you know, considering trade options when it comes to DeAndre Ayton too. Like the Suns, they, they used all of their stuff to go get Kevin Durant and then fell short, right? Kind of fell flat on their faces against Denver. And now we're looking for ways to take that next step beyond, you know, maybe Devin Booker and Kevin Durant playing off of each other rather than taking turns on offense next season. Um, and, and yeah, the, like Woj explaining what kind of goes without saying that Phoenix heading into this off season. Yeah, of course they were looking at trade stuff. Of course they're considering waving him if they have no other option. Of course it makes sense that like stretching him rather than waving him uh, saves them the most money in this upcoming off. Nothing has changed. It was a big ass nothing burger of news that shouldn't have frankly been reported because there's no difference right now. Chris Paul is still on the Suns. There's been no official announcement that Chris Paul isn't in, you know, isn't going to be playing in Phoenix next year. Uh, nothing has changed. And yet we got like a six hour news cycle out of it because somebody ran with a story that I don't know, maybe didn't need to be ran with still though. Uh, and this is a, you know, Sabrina, um, Merchant and I talked about this on the lounge two days ago, by the time you guys are listening to this two episodes, two episodes ago, by the time you guys are listening to this. And, um, the, the thing that I keep coming back to, you know, the kind of number one question that I have heading into this Lakers offseason is we heard LeBron's comments, right? Like after after uh, their season ended, and yeah, you know, he's throwing a bit of a temper tantrum and maybe he was, you know, getting in front of a narrative and throwing out the retirement stuff so that people would talk about him retiring rather than him having just been swept. But regardless, he said after that game, I don't care about Western Conference appearances. That that doesn't do anything for me. I'm not stacking up my resume with Michael Jordan with that being counted. Like that's not that's not what I'm playing for. And you know, I took that to mean that he looks at the Lakers roster and he sees some things that need to be improved upon. And he's right. Malik Beasley didn't play in that Western Conference Finals. D'Angelo Russell did play and probably shouldn't have. Uh, you know, Jared Vanderbilt, by the time that, that Western Conference Finals came around, couldn't play more than like 15 minutes or so. The Lakers had four guys on their roster that they could trust. And LeBron is looking at that and saying like, yeah, we need, I need more. And he's right. And, and his version of more is where I divert, right? That's where he and I disagree in terms of the way that we 
look at the sport. He says, I need more. Go get me another star. Oh, hey, look, Kyrie Irving is a free agent this year. I look at it as LeBron needs more. Uh, This Lakers team needs more if they are going to compete with a Denver Nuggets team that just went into Miami last, last night and beat the shit out of the Miami Heat. Uh, if they're going to compete with that team, which is unless they aren't able to retain Bruce Brown, going to be a better team next year. So the Lakers, you know, I, I in my vi- in, in my vision, go out and use Mo Bamba's expiring, use Malik Beasley's expiring, the number seventeen pick, maybe the twenty twenty nine pick, and. That's how you take steps forward as an organization with some like tweaks on the, you know, it's still in your rotation, but not by like overhauling your rotation to go out and get a third star. Um, and, and look, like this is something that we have talked about a lot as it pertains to LeBron James, right? He sees the game a certain way. NBA stars see the game a certain way. And I see the game a certain way. And uh, I am not here saying that like I'm smarter or anything than, than LeBron James. Uh, the three-star model has worked fairly well for LeBron as he won a couple championships in Miami and one in Cleveland. But he did also win one in LA with a second star and a bunch of really good role players. So, uh, yeah, I... I I agree with him if, you know, at that podium, the central message was we need to be better. Well, clearly, right? Clearly. It was really cool watching them turn their season around, but they do need more. And, you know, in his mind, more is another star. Well, do I think Chris Paul is a star right now? No. Do I think... uh, Do I... Could LeBron be convinced that like Chris Paul is kind of a star, right? Maybe, please, because I do think Chris Paul makes a lot of sense for the Lakers, uh, especially on on you know either a minimum contract or if they use their exception on him. Um, he would I he's one of the few point guards I would look at and say, all right, that is fine to start next to. Um, Austin Reeves, if you are going to go in that direction and add a point guard rather than go out and get a shooting guard who, you know, supplements what, what Reeves brings to the table creatively. Uh, if Chris Paul is there, like he can, he's an okay catch and shoot player, right? Like that's something he was working on last year. It was kind of a process for him. And I would think that in this off season, like he was working on being a catch and shoot player, after they brought in Kevin Durant and you know, it's, that's a really short turnaround to make that kind of adjustment to your approach to the game. But for if he, if he was brought on to this Lakers roster and he knew going into the season that LeBron is your primary creator or Austin is your, your secondary creator and you kind of get in where you fit in. Um, I do think that's enough time for him to kind of tweak his game and, and figure out better ways to impact it on, you know, with less time on the ball. And then like with second units, uh, you know, he could, he could go out there and run that offense there as well. Um, 
I actually, ideally, what I would actually kind of like to see is if the Lakers do wind up bringing D'Angelo Russell back, D'Angelo starts next to Austin and Chris Paul comes off of the bench or vice versa. And you have that amount of creativity there. You at that point wind up not bringing back Dennis Schroeder. Um, and there is certainly concerns there, right? Defensively, because Chris Paul isn't the defender that he used to be. D'Angelo Russell, like has never been a defender and Austin Reeves is he competes, but he's not like the, he's not a, a, a head of the spear type of defender either. So there would be kind of a hole there that you would need to fill. But, you know, you you could do worse than that trio of guards, at least to start the season. And then by the time you get to the deadline, maybe you try to flip D'Angelo Russell's pseudo expiring if the Lakers do sign him to like a two-year, $40 million deal with the second year being a team option or not guaranteed or whatever. Um, maybe you flip that guy for somebody who, you know, checks a box without so much, uh, you know, without duplicating skill sets the way that he kind of does with, with him and Reeves and Paul. And, and I, and I think that's like, that would be an okay approach to this off season. Now, all of that said, apparently one thing that is on the table that I did not know was okay uh, in terms of the CBA uh, until today is that apparently Chris Paul can be waived outright and brought back at a lower number by Phoenix, which is a really weird loophole that the NBA allows given that, you know, like the Lakers traded Stanley Johnson, who was then I believe waived by two different teams or a, you know, a team and was at least one team and was still not allowed to go back to the Lakers until like a full year or what needed to to happen apparently is no, that's what happened. So Stanley Johnson, the Lakers traded him to Utah. Utah kept him for a little bit of uh, eventually wind up waving him. He gets signed by the San Antonio Spurs who then wave him and, and still, despite having been on two different teams since uh, the Lakers traded him was not allowed to sign with the Lakers because of the Sejunas Elgowskis rule from however year, many years ago when NBA teams used to trade players and then the team that acquires that player would waive that player or buy out that player. And then that player would just like go back to the team that traded him, which essentially meant that like in some cases, some teams were, you know, acquiring a player for way below market value. It honestly was not a, uh, not something that needed to be addressed in the CBA, but it was, and, and that's how it goes. So they addressed that like specific thing with trades, but not apparently with players who get waived. And in this case, if Chris Paul gets waived because he has a partially guaranteed contract, he can actually re-sign with Phoenix at a lower number, which... Uh, Brian Windhorse seems to think is how this is probably going to play out. So that is worth taking into account. But if he doesn't do that, or if LeBron is able to get on the horn with him and say, hey, we could bring you in here. You could be, you know, either the starting point guard or, you know, our sixth man or whatever. And we finally get to play together. You finally get to be a Laker. Um, David Stern looking up from where he is right now 
shaking a fist at the idea that that Chris Paul would maybe be a Laker. Um, yeah, I think uh, I you know I, I I despite not ever really being a, a big and certainly not since the veto. Um, not that like the veto made me not like his game. I just think Chris Paul is a supremely unlikable player, but still he might be supremely unlikable. And I think he also can make a whole bunch of sense for what the Lakers need from their kind of pseudo starting kind of sort of six man type point guard. All right. That is going to do it here for this episode of the Lakers lowdown podcast. Uh, yeah, I do really hope you guys tune into the conversation that I have with Miriam Swanson, again, of the Southern California News Group. Uh, uh, always fun now to have her on the show for the second time. Also, if you didn't check it out already, check out the uh, conversation that uh, Sabrina Merchant and I had, um, I guess, two lounges ago, uh, where we obviously look back on the season, discuss the notion of Austin Reeves as a starting point guard, in this upcoming season and the way that that changes the off season or sets the tone for the off season. And then we also kind of discussed some, some sparks and WNBA stuff that um, I also hope that you tune in for. It's, 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 it's uh, interesting stuff all, all the way around. I'm biased, obviously when I say that, but still I enjoyed it. So yeah, until you guys check out that or until the next time I talk to you guys, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.